The recently concluded G20 summit had a lot of important takeaways. Held amidst rising geopolitical tension due to the Russia-Ukraine war, rising fuel prices, the summit saw the leaders agreeing that, and I quote, G20 is not the forum to resolve security issues. Unquote. In this podcast, we discuss about the recently concluded G20 summit, the importance of G20 summit for India. While decoding several aspects of the G20 summit, we also discuss if the opportunity to chair the summit will give India an option to assume leadership of the global south. Hello and welcome to the BL podcast. This is Nabodita Ganguly. Today I am joined by Amiti Sain, Associate Editor, Business Line, who will speak in depth about the summit. Hi Amiti, thank you so much for joining us. Hi Nabodita. So Amiti, could you talk to us about the key takeaways from the recent G20 summit? Yeah, well you see, uh, you know, these are highly tense times that we are living in. You know, there is this uh, ongoing Russia-Ukraine war, which is just going on and on. And there's this growing tension between US and China, which basically escalated earlier this year over Taiwan. And uh, the global economy is not doing well. So in that situation, the fact that, you know, heads of states from almost all member countries, you know, barring Russia, uh, they turned up at Bali for the summit. I think uh, it was a big, it was a big thing in itself and showed that, you know, countries are interested in you know, interacting with each other to mm. see what the way forward should be. So um, I think that is the biggest takeaway that the countries want to engage. In fact, it was Chinese President, President uh, you know, Xi Jinping's first interaction on a global platform in almost three years. Mm. Uh, if you talk about really tangible results, there weren't many. And you know, to be honest, expectations were not very high either. But you know, in the, gen- in the joint communique, Members did manage to agree on the direction countries should take in important areas such as food security, climate change, and how the global economy should respond to the effects of the pandemic and the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. So, uh, and we also saw, you know, uh, uh, you know, Prime Minister Narendra Modi's this thing to Russia on, you know, this not being an era of war. That also got reflected in the communique. So the communique. Uh, Communique was important uh, in the sense that it talked about uh, major things that were afflicting the the world at large and basically tried to find a common way to go forward. So the G20 economies agreed in the declaration to, um, you know, to be careful on interest rate rises to to basically avoid spillovers. So uh, this was good for development. Like this is something uh, which is sensitive to the needs of developing countries because, uh, you know, the aggressive U.S. rate increases is basically leading to huge capital outflows from these from emerging economies. So, and uh, then uh, the communique also spoke about how there was a need to uh, basically, you know, temper down on these fiscal stimulus measures because, you know, inflation world over is increased, it's, it's like hitting the roof. So, uh, there was also an, an agreement over, you know, going a bit slow over these stimulus measures. And also, uh, also, you know, on on uh, the deteriorating debt situation in many middle-income uh, countries, so that was also uh, you know earmarked as an area of concern. And it was said that you know all creditors should uh, share the burden. 
Okay. It shouldn't just be the burden of the of these countries. And on climate change, although you know uh, uh, the, the leaders they agreed to pursue this uh, efforts to limit global temperature increase to 1.5 degrees Celsius, which was uh, basically agreed in the 2015 Paris Agreement. But you know it is important because uh, in the ongoing uh, COP27 climate summit, there are some countries which basically want to you know go back on this on this uh, uh, this commitment taken in 2015 so when g20 countries come together and they talk about uh, the same thing so it does you know it does have a spillover effect in the cop 27 negotiations also so i think that was also uh, uh, an important takeaway okay so there were lots of important takeaways and there were also l- several bilateral meetings that were held simultaneously during the summit could you talk a bit about it Actually, the bilateral meetings which took place there, they, you know, uh, assume a, a lot of importance because, and you know, it was also said that, you know, they seem to be also hijacking, you know, uh, hijacking attention from the main G20 summit because some of them were so important. So the most talked about bilateral was, of course, between US President uh, Joe Biden and his Chinese counterpart, Xi Jinping. So this was the first in-person meeting uh, since Biden became president. And, uh, you know, also the first interaction after tension between the two countries escalated over Taiwan earlier this year. You know, while, you know, there were there were not, you know, any major outcome from the meeting, uh, but, you know, they managed to talk about their major difference, uh, differences in areas such as Taiwan, the trade restrictions, uh, technology transfers, etc. Uh, and on the positive side, the two also made plans of uh, this U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken's visit to China early next year. So, if that happens, it would be the highest level U.S. visit to China in quite some time. So, that is a very important bilateral which happened. And then, then uh, she also held talks with, you know, Australian Prime Minister Albanese, South Korean President, Canadian Prime Minister, French President, and he was also to talk to the U.K. PM, but it could not be scheduled. So, you know, they are they are all US allies and it just signifies, you know, how she was uh, interested in also talking to people who are not, you know, uh, directly supporting him. So that's a, that, that was uh, an important message that came across through these bilaterals that, you know, these opposing countries are even willing to talk and sort out issues. Okay. The entries that were exchanged between she and uh, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi uh, at the dinner, uh, because although it was not a not a scheduled bilateral, but it was important because you know it's it's this kind of an exchange uh, first time happening you know after the LSE confrontation about two years ago, and this shows that the two may be ready to you know move forward. Okay, that sounds like a really positive development. So my next question to you was, how important was this summit for India? Very significant for India. We all know that India will assume presidency of G20 from December 1st. Mm-hmm. And it will hold the G20 summit, summit in September 2023. So, uh, in fact, Indonesian President uh, Joko Widodo, he symbolically he handed over the G20 presidency to India at the end of the summit. And uh, the Indian PM, he used the opportunity to invite G20 members personally to the summit. Uh, he also he held a large number of bilaterals. He met uh, UK Prime Minister Rishi, Rishi Sunak, French President Emmanuel Macron, the Indonesian President, of course, uh, then uh, the Singapore Prime Minister, German Chancellor, Italian Prime Minister, then also 
Australian Prime Minister Albanese. So, uh, and, and he also met, uh, met uh, Biden uh, together with Biden, of course, as the outgoing uh, president and incoming president. Um, but I think uh, they also exchanged uh, uh, some views bilaterally, even though it was for a very short time. So, uh, so, so you know, uh, the Indian PM, he was able to discuss you know, bilateral economic and strategic relations and developments in areas such as FTA and all with all these important partners. So the summit turned out to be, you know, quite useful for India. Okay. And also, and also, you know, uh, while addressing the G20 session on food and energy security, uh, Modi made a strong pitch for protecting India's energy security at the G20 summit. Uh -huh. So, uh, and this is important because this, this happened amidst growing calls from Western countries, most of, uh, most of who were present there, on capping the price of Russian oil. And uh, the Indian PM stressed that there should not be any restrictions on the supply of energy. So, uh, he, so India could use the platform of G20 to also make it clear to the world that, you know, where its own economic interests are concerned, it would follow you know, whatever is beneficial for the country. So I think that was also important. Okay. All right. And Amiti, in your article, the link for which will be given below, you mentioned, and I quote, G20 was not a forum to resolve security issues. Could you explain a, a bit about this? Yes. It was a significant line mentioned in the joint communique. So basically, when the communique was being negotiated, the developed countries wanted that there should be a direct unanimous criticism of Russia's role in the Ukraine conflict and also about sanctions to be imposed on, on Russia. But China and India were not willing to back very strong language on the matter as both don't want to put the blame for the conflict solely on Russia's shoulders. So, and they also do not believe that sanctions against Russia needed to end the war. So, you know, if you have, uh, if, if, like India has been following this position for a long time, that while it has been criticizing the ongoing conflict, it has never directly, you know, put the blame on Russia. So, okay. uh, finally, the joint communique, which uh, was circulated, it had a very, quite a toned down language. Mm, while it said that, you know, most, uh, like I'm quoting from the communique, it said mm -hmm. that most people strongly condemned the war in Ukraine and stressed it as causing immense human suffering and exacerbating existing fragilities in the global economy and uh, it goes on and on and but then there is also this line that there were other views and different assessments of the situation and sanctions so you know uh, in this context this line that you know g20 was not a forum to resolve security issues it becomes important that they agreed that you know uh, there are these differences over security issues, but it should be uh, not resolved elsewhere and not be 20. Okay, understood. So my last question to you is, as you mentioned, India is assuming leadership of the summit from December 1. So does this give an opportunity for India to assume leadership of the global south? Yeah, it, it surely does. No, ever since the G20 was uh, recast as an annual apex level summit, uh, you know, it happened after the global financial crisis in 2008. Mm -hmm. uh, developing countries have cheered it uh, only on four, four occasions. Uh, Mexico, uh, it was Mexico, I think, in 2012, and then China, Argentina, and Indonesia. So India would be the fifth developing country to assume presidency. So, you know, uh, and also for the first time, the G20 Troika, Troika means the outgoing, uh, the outgoing chair 
the incoming and the next hmm. so we have indonesia india and brazil all developing countries now so it is you know not only an opportunity for india to assume leadership of the global south it is also its responsibility to bring to the forefront issues that matter most to developing countries especially you know since a uh, back uh, your yeah, uh, this thing the uh, um, foundation has been laid by indonesia and it also has you know brazil to take forward whatever it does this year okay so indonesia you know already made a beginning by focusing on areas such as innovation and power economies vulnerable groups and collaboration between developed and developing countries they have also talked about a fund for developing countries mm-hmm. so india has mentioned that its g20 priorities are inclusive equitable and sustainable growth women's empowerment digital public infrastructure tech enabled development climate financing global food security energy and energy security so uh, at the g20 summit uh, you know on the session on on uh, this uh, digital outreach so uh, pm modi also made a point uh, talked about the digital divide in the world and how uh, india's focus in the g20 presidency would be to bridge it with the help of uh, other countries and also you know uh, on climate on uh, this uh, green climate i think it will be very important to, for india to focus on how making developed countries you know commit to uh, more funding okay. uh, more funding of green tech in developing countries so you know uh, india's responsibility as a leader of the global south would not only be in bringing all these areas of importance to poorer countries to the forefront because so far you know under the leadership of these rich countries only you know areas of importance to the developed world had been getting primacy but now uh, you know india can use this opportunity to put all these issues of importance to uh, developing countries on the forefront and you know also to ensure that you know some that it also gets translated into action and it does not only end up you know remaining a uh, talking shop okay all right so basically with india assuming leadership we can say that developing countries will be getting a great voice yes yes and we we are already already seeing uh, this happening uh, you know from whatever uh, india has already talked about its priorities mm-hmm. its upcoming presidencies so uh, hopefully yes india will play a uh, a uh, good leadership role for developing countries all right amiti thank you so much for joining us thank you so much for your time thank you so much for listening to us if you like our content please subscribe and share thank you